Welcome to Creativity, the podcast where art and engineering collide. My name is Jeremy S. Cook, and this is my co-host, Max Maker. Hi, everybody. Our guest this week is full of vitamin D because he lives in California and always works on his driveway. His name is Steve Ramsey from Woodworking for Mere Mortals. Hey, Max and Jeremy. It's great to, great to be on your show. Okay. Great it's to have you. Great to have you, yeah. Thank you. Sorry about the noise if uh, Jeremy sounds a little bit strange today. Might have screwed up the microphone settings a little bit. <laughs> See, I thought I was going to be the one sounding strange because I just, I literally pulled this microphone out of the box that I've been, it's been sitting <laughs> on my shelf for like a couple of months now. I thought, you know, I should really get a good microphone for a podcast or whatever. And it's just been sitting there. So I finally, like, like 15 minutes ago, pulled it out and thought, okay, let's give this a try. So yeah, there we go. It, lots, it really lots fulfilled of preparation. its purpose. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well done. Nice. nice. So, so Steve, what, what uh, for those of us, so those, those listening that just for some reason don't know who you are, what, what do you, what do you do? I am Steve Ramsey, and I run Woodworking for Mere Mortals, which is a YouTube channel that is in its tenth year now, and actually, my tenth ten year anniversary is coming up in, I think August. I should really check that and and maybe, you know inflate a balloon or something. I don't know what I'm going to do for the Yeah, it's the a big anniversary. anniversary. <laughs> right. But my channel is de is devoted to teaching woodworking skills to people with little or no experience and showing people that you can build really cool projects without a lot of space, without a lot of money, and really without a lot of time. Just to spend your hobby and free time actually doing something productive. This week, I've got a video coming out on YouTube, which is a shop stool. It could also be a bar stool, but the, it's really an exercise in making lap joints, which is, I think is one of the, like, the strongest kind of joints that you can make to hold things together. And they look great too. And so that video is coming out and I was kind of putting the finishing touches on that. And then in the shop this week, I'm working on a new benchtop router table for my next woodworking course. Oh, very good. So you're using a normal um, router and putting it into a, well, kind of converting it into a table? Yeah. Well, no, I'm making a kind of, I already have a router table, router cabinet, and it's, it's really big. It just, I mean, the thing is just, <laughs> it's way bigger than I ever needed. So this is more of one that is uh, just, you can, it's portable. So you can pull it out and set it up on uh, a workbench to use. The router sits upside down underneath it. And I, I think using a router table is, I use my router table more than I use my router just handheld. You know, it's probably yeah. like nine to one I'm, I'm using. Yeah, <laughs> nine same, times yeah. out of ten I'm using it on the table. And so this one is... Uh, it's a really it's a fun exercise to design and to build this router table, which is really a router cabinet. It's got like a drawer underneath to store some router bits, lots of router bits, actually. So I'm really excited about pulling this whole thing together. Yeah, I think a router table is just more convenient because it's easier to hold the workpiece flat against a bit. Yeah, I think so. I think I feel like I have more control when I move the lumber rather than moving the tool across the lumber. 
Yeah, <laughs> what I wish on, on router tables would be uh, if the manufacturers would put a big arrow on it to tell you from which side to uh, approach the bit. Because <laughs> it's upside yeah. down, so it's the wrong way around than you're used to. It is. Yeah, you just have to always remember you're working from right to left. You know, it's pretty much always pushing that direction. You can go the other way, but, you know, you're, it's likely that that wood <laughs> is going to just go flying. So now what, what about you, Max? What have you been working on this week? Oh, this week, uh, two things. This weekend, I yeah did lots of Arduino stuff for the electric surfboard I'm building, and I burned three Arduinos in the process. <laughs> but I learned from it, and uh, I... So you're yeah. at, what, $6 or so? Uh, yeah, $6, the three Arduinos. <laughs> Worst part is that I had to order new ones. Like, the first, I reversed the polarity, and then smoke instantly, and the second one, I noticed... I guess it was a little bit out of tolerance. The first one survived um, switching some relays, but the second one didn't. So I guess the first one just about was strong enough to apply, uh, you know, to give it enough current. But the second one, the replacement, was a little, maybe a little bit weaker, you know, from the manufacturing, and that one blew up straight away again. So the third one worked for a few minutes, and then it, I shorted it by accident to something else. So <laughs> <laughs> that was really unproductive. No, you have to wait two months for the next one from China, right? <laughs> oh, no, I don't order China. I order Amazon Prime. <laughs> really? Oh, good. Good yeah. for you. you. You must... Uh, I didn't realize how much money you had, Max. You must be... No, it's 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 easy. Like I pay two two euros for one Arduino, so... Really? With That's Prime. pretty good on yeah. Amazon. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, it's cheap enough. Steve, you never did anything with Arduino, right? I haven't, no. I... I have delved into a little bit of this and that as far as electronics go, but the focus of the channel remains on just kind of woodworking. For me, I just figured who my audience is <laughs> and just stick to that, who I'm trying to reach, and I know my audience very well, and so I just make videos and projects for them. YouTube is just really, really saturated right now with people making things. There are two types of um, you know YouTube makers. Some just make stuff out of anything, you know, with every kind of discipline in there: woodworking and electronics and metalworking. And then there's some that just do woodworking. Like, what, what's your opinion on that? It's actually, I kind of see it as there's really two different kinds of, well, both maker and woodworker videos being produced on YouTube. The, the first is kind of what I call the "look what I can do" or "look what I made." type of video where it's people who are just building projects, whatever they want to build. They could be really cool projects. They might be big projects and they might have $100,000 worth of tools. They can have these you know, 4,000 square foot shops. They have lots of resources and materials. And it's the kind, it's a, it's a sit back experience. You want to just sit there and watch somebody make something cool. And then the, the kind of the second type of video that's very common is the kind of follow follow me along my journey video <laughs> these are, are are typically people just getting into crafting different things whether it's woodworking or metal or electronics or whatever and they they're just starting out so they're like kind of hey follow along with me and you'll see my mistakes you'll see me learning things and you know kind of together we'll we'll do all this thing all this all these projects together and then what I noticed was that there was a real lack of actual educational content as far as really learning woodworking. If somebody really wanted to learn 
how to make a project from beginning to end, there really isn't a lot on there. I mean, it, it could be said that there's like educational value to watching some of these amazing projects people are making. And you might pick up a tip here and there, but you're really not going to learn the entire craft from start, you know, from the, from the ground up, which is really what my focus now is, is really teaching people based on years of experience. I've been doing this for God, 40 years now. So <laughs> and, and I started when I was 12. So I guess everybody's doing math right now. In their 52. Heads. Right. <laughs> good, good job, Max. And we, we have, I've, yeah, I've, thank you. We, we all have a middle yeah. school education here, at least. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's really uh, kind of where my focus is now is just being that resource. It, it's kind of interesting because YouTube provides a lot of analytics, and I'm, I'm sure you guys are aware of this. You can you could dive really deep into how your channel is performing, what people are watching, what kind of videos they like, what time they drop out of your videos, all this kind of information is yeah. available. And so we were kind of doing research on my channel, my types of videos, you know, 10 years worth of videos just to kind of see some trends and what's going on in the YouTube space. And generally the kind of the worst performing types of videos are project videos. At least it didn't used to be that way, but now, and I think this is largely due to the, the fact that there's just so many people making things on YouTube, but the, whenever I make a project and I'm going to show you how to make a, you know, coffee table or coffin, the, you know, <laughs> my coffin, <laughs> right. I made a coffin for last Halloween. Those are like the least viewed videos. Really? People just do not tune into those. But what I we noticed was that the people who were watching those videos were watching them longer than all the other videos. In other words, the drop-off rate on those videos is really low compared to other videos. So the people who are watching those project videos are very passionate and really want to learn how to do what it is I'm making. And so there's, there's kind of this disconnect here about, okay, I can you know, put out some trips, tips and <laughs> tricks, videos and, and hacks. And I get a lot of views on those, but it's not the passionate core audience who actually wants to lean forward and learn woodworking. So that was kind of the impetus for me to start the weekend woodworker course, which is my first course launched last last fall and in that i would be able to teach people from start to finish really dedicated people how to build projects in the very first weekend mm -hmm. you can actually build a complete project so to me that's been really re rewarding because I, I can kind of get back to where i was when i began on youtube producing projects and you know my very first project on <laughs> youtube was this very long seven part series on building a chessboard and it was uh you know the videos back then were limited to 10 minutes in length and so i had to break this up and so it was a really long video but it was really cool for me because i got to show every step of that process and so now it's kind of like getting back to those roots of what i really like to do is build projects sure. but in order to 
build long format video or make long format videos of building projects, I can't really post them on YouTube. Financially, it doesn't make any sense because it's just it's kind of YouTube death to have long videos showing projects. And so I had to come up with a different way to do it. And that's why it's off of the YouTube platform. And so people who want this kind of instruction, fully detailed instructions, can get that. And it's it doesn't cause my YouTube channel to suffer at all from <laughs> just putting out really long videos that nobody's going to watch. <laughs> so nice. do you think that is a, a specific um, finding for your channel or your personality on YouTube? Because if I look at Jimmy DeResta, he only does projects, right? Yeah, exactly. And that that's kind of that look what I made kind of experience. And this is the, this, those are those types of, again, this kind of sit back, you know, lean back videos, I guess, I guess you call those where uh, you can watch somebody build something, even though most likely you're never going to build anything like that. And, um, but it's fun to watch. I used to watch this show on, I think it was Discovery Channel called American Chopper. And it was these guys who would build motorcycles. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen that yeah, show. Yeah, but or, they don't build much, right? They just they argue. Just yell but at each other. It was just, exactly. I mean, well, there's a lot of drama in that show too, which I kind of like. But it was, you know, I've never <laughs> even ridden on a motorcycle. I don't know how to, I don't know how to ride a motorcycle. And But I would watch that show because it was really fun to watch these guys just like, oh my God, that guy's bending metal using this machine and it just looks really cool. And so that's the kind of experience that a lot of people enjoy on YouTube is watching uh, people, you know, build these kinds of projects, but it's not really an educational experience. They might be inspired, but generally inspiration without taking action is just an empty experience. And so a lot of people like to say, hey, I'm really inspired. I'm, well, what have you actually done with that inspiration <laughs> is kind of the next question. So again, all of this came together to make me realize there's got to be a resource for people who have never held a hammer in their life who want to learn how to make woodworking projects for their home you know they can make a table or something and it's a fun rewarding experience they're gonna you know have something to do with their time rather than coming home from work and playing video games or spending their time on their weekends just watching netflix or something here's something you could do that's really productive and fun and you, it's a lifetime learning i don't see youtube at least anymore as much of an educational resource as it once it once was more, much more so so do you think yeah. it was more of educational years ago? Is, is that that's interesting? I think that there were more uh, there were more channels dedicated to actually teaching, um, you know, uh, processes rather than just kind of quick tips. But really, a lot of this comes down to well, there's kind of a few factors, but a lot of it just comes down to YouTube's algorithm, and it just what they want is is watch time. They want people sitting there watching videos and people are most likely going to watch short form videos that don't take a lot of, I don't know, it, it doesn't require a lot from the viewer and that they can just click from one video to the next. <laughs> and so, and that plus the, the monetization aspect of YouTube, a lot of people now want to get into YouTube because they figure, Hey, I can become a, 
rich on YouTube yeah. until like, hey, here's your check for five dollars this month. <laughs> you know? I always so, say, so far I spent more money on light bulbs for YouTube yeah. video production than I made with YouTube. <laughs> And it's so, yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, there's people who just spend their entire lives practically on YouTube, really just trying to game the system and spending, figuring out how to best make the titles and thumbnails and which way should that red arrow point on the th yeah. thumbnail. And, Somehow and everybody has arrows in their thumbnails. Oh, yeah, it's, it's the whole, it's the whole it's, arrow It's thing like, does it give it, you instant money if you put an arrow in there? Oh yeah, you gotta start putting arrows in your videos. <laughs> yeah, you got arrows in your thumbnails. <laughs> yeah, I get ten dollars per arrow myself, Max. I don't know about what your what your deal is. <laughs> See, people don't know that you, us YouTubers we get paid per arrow. <laughs> I've been doing it wrong then. Never had an arrow. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it, it depends upon who you're trying to reach, and I think that's a something that a lot of people don't take into account when they are creating YouTube channels is, is who, who, who do I really want to reach? Who am I trying to affect? And do I have, do I have a point of view? Do I have something to offer? And, and it's especially important for people who are entering YouTube because they actually want to earn some income. But wow. If, if you're trying to jump in on YouTube now to earn an income, <laughs> it's going to be really difficult. You know, you know me and Jeremy we do, do it purely yeah. for passion, at least so yeah. far. And I, was I think show that's that the I've best been. way to do it. But most but, of the channels I watch now are kind of like that, are just people who are doing it just because they just love doing it. And it's just a hobby and they're having fun doing it. And there's a certain, you know, just raw appeal about watching that. Oh, sure. Yeah, and, and I see some video formats, especially on Instagram, that are just pure, you know, there's no passion behind it. It's either stolen content or stolen ideas or it's just stupid stuff that somehow is watchable. Like people pouring resin into um into pieces of wood it, it's <laughs> What's visually going on with resin? it's visually nice to look at it but yeah. it, it's not really i'm not learning anything new especially if i've seen it the 20th time now somebody pouring resin into wood it's it's not like um the <laughs> dipping guy what's his name peter brown we like peter brown yeah we all know last year. Well, he does interesting stuff. You know, there's always something new with resin. It's not that I'm bashing resin. It's just on Instagram, it's full of people just taking a big cup of resin and pouring it into somewhere. It's just a 20-second video. I, I guess I get the impression that maybe Peter Brown was the original resin. I mean, I guess I guess people had resin before him. <laughs> I think before so. Him. Yeah. <laughs> There's this whole genre of kind of like satisfying videos. Is yeah, what and called. I think it's if just, I would just do sit these, there and watch they, them. they wouldn't be satisfying for me. Like, I would be happy with myself if I made this kind of content. Like, yeah. I can't be well, proud yeah, of they, this. It's maybe it makes you some quick bucks. Right. And that, see, that's a, another thing that is something you got to factor in is how, how long do you want people to be watching your videos? And I, I really think it's important, at least for some of us to create some evergreen content that people can go back and watch five years later, or they're going to look for, I, I need to learn how to build something or how to do something. And you can still find relevant content. So it's not just fidget spinners, <laughs> <laughs> resin pours. I don't know. They, these fads though, like there's like these woodworking fads. It was funny. And it's funny you mentioned Peter Brown because I was on a panel with him at Maker Faire this past weekend. And it was, it was a lot of fun. And we were talking about some of this stuff and it's kind of like these, these trends in woodworking and definitely 
resin is just one of those right now that's really hot, these waterfall tables. And we were trying to think of other ones. And I was thinking a few years ago, it was all about pallets. Remember back when everybody oh, was yeah. making everything with pallet, pallet wood was, and I, I was part of that. Sure. I was doing it. And then eventually you realize, <laughs> oh crap, this is a lot of work to use pallets. I read an interview about projects. you and somebody asked you, what's your favorite species of wood? And you say pallet wood. Pallets. <laughs> really yeah, it was up. huge. And the, you know, and they, the project could look really cool and everything, but man, it is a lot of work. And, and for somebody just starting out wanting to build things, that would be, I think it would be a real turnoff to just start with having to tear apart a pallet and try to get useful wood out yeah. of that. One, one guy on Reddit once uh, wrote, um, paint, uh, building stuff with pallet wood is like if a painter paints with his own feces just as, because it's for free. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Well, that's that's one way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> I I just think pellets—they just have the wrong format. It's the wrong size of wood. It's the wrong quality. It, it's like people that build um, houses out of shipping containers. Right. See, I, I, think, I don't I think, think that's shipping ingenious. containers are suitable. No, because shipping containers, they're just two meters 50 high, I think. And the person is two meters. So you just have a little bit of headroom. And then you need to add insulation on all sides. So that makes it even smaller. So then the ceiling is really not high. And if you add insulation to the inside, well, you've got a steel outside, which is not very useful because, you know, for a house, you wouldn't want a steel outside. And if you put the insulation on the outside, then you have a steel inside, which is also not suitable because then you can't have just the insulation as the outside. It's just not feasible. You have a really, really strong opinion about these uh, containers. Has somebody been trying to push, push you to buy one or make one or something? No, I see, I see on Reddit all the time, on Instagram, like, oh, people build this house out of containers. It's so great. Well, see, that falls, think... Those fall into this whole tiny house trend, is which is another real popular trend right now. Yeah, right? I love t tiny, tiny houses. houses. I really right, like that. Right. See, I, I feel like it's like, okay, you've got a tiny house, but it's like, isn't that just called an RV? Is that not the same thing? But <laughs> kind of. Apparently it's, it's not. It's, it's like a it's like a playhouse, really. I, I look at them and I think, well, you know, this is really cozy and it's cute, and I can understand the appeal of it. But man, I cannot. I don't know if I would want to live in one for more than a, you know a weekend or something, maybe a, a vacation house or something. But wow, that's a pretty small space. Well, here in Germany, it's very impractical because the laws won't allow it on the road, pretty much. So, right. Maybe you could have an autonomous, uh, you know, like the self-driving cars. You could just have a have an RV that you don't actually have a place for it. You just you just, <laughs> just cruise let it the roam. motorway. <laughs> just let it roam. Just, just roam. Put it on random and let it go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if sonar panels get cheap enough and motors more efficient, maybe we can power them so they're really self-sufficient. So you can go twenty-four-seven. <laughs> Yeah, they could be on the Autobahn in the slow lane. Is there a slow lane on the Autobahn? Is that a thing or is that not a thing? Uh, yeah, it is, but it's your fast lane. <laughs> oh, that's, well, that's probably true. Yeah, you know, we were talking about your um, start with woodworking when you were 12. And yeah. a lot of people obviously know you because you've got close to a million subscribers. But what they don't know is how did you end up at this situation in your life? Like, can you talk us a little bit or do you want to talk us a little bit about through your upbringing oh, sure. education and your prior jobs yeah it's just a it's a real series of just odd events and that's kind of the way life is you just kind of flow along this river and who knows where it's going to end up i don't know but i started when i was yeah probably about 12 years old and even before then i'd watched my dad do some mostly fixing things and building things around the house not a little bit of woodworking 
But uh, when I was 12, he bought a Shopsmith. It's this all-in-one tool. You can still get them. In fact, the, the Mark V Shopsmith is still being manufactured. It was the exact same one that's been made for the past 40 years or longer. And it's this like tool that it, it's for small spaces, and it, it converts from a table saw to a, a drill press <laughs> to a sander, all, just anything you can imagine. It's really cool. It's an, it's an amazing tool, but it had a lathe on it, and that was really kind of what I was just fascinated by. So I started turning things on the lathe, and that was really kind of my introduction to the, the like, woodworking and making making projects. Mostly I, at that time I was making like lots and lots of candle holders. <laughs> easy to make. And so like, you know, for Christmases and gifts, everybody was getting candle holders. It's a candle cool. holder guy. I know everybody's like, Oh God, no, not Steve with another candle holder. But so that, that just sort of, but it started me out on this kind of interest in woodworking. And then over the years I started doing more and more of that. And then when I uh, became a responsible adult and moved out of the house i didn't have access to those tools anymore and eventually my wife and i moved to san francisco and we had a little apartment there we lived there for like 10 years and it was uh just like a 400 square foot apartment really tiny place and we uh i wanted to build some things for our apartment and so i i got some handheld power tools, circular saw and a jigsaw and, and drill. And I just took like long extension cords and stuck them out our kitchen window and dragged them <laughs> up to the rooftop. And so I actually built projects up on the rooftop of that. And so that was like back in <laughs> 1990, you know, <laughs> it was crazy. Wow. But it was, I, I always remember that experience that, and I like to relate that story because it, it really kind of proves that you can, you really can build anywhere if you're motivated to build something it's it, building is not related to how big of a shop you have or how many tools you have and how much money you've spent on your tools and it's really just about your motivation and what you want to build you can always find a way to do it mm -hmm. so we had that and at the time of course that was just a hobby and i was working as a graphic designer and so i was a graphic designer all the way up until well a couple of years after i started my youtube channel and, and so it was it was an interesting transition as i was working as a graphic designer and then and this is after we had moved across the golden gate bridge to marin county and I, we bought a house up here and the graphic design business started tanking right around the time when the whole the economy was tanking and clients were like well we don't really want to outsource graphic design work now and we're gonna <laughs> kind of do our own thing so but it was at the same time that that business was slowing down all of a sudden i noticed people were watching my youtube videos so it, it was like one of these things where i didn't have this clear one day okay today i quit the day job and i'm gonna be working on YouTube, it just, just became like this transition where I was just starting to do more and more, spending more and more time making YouTube videos than I was graphic design work. And at the same time, YouTube was starting to offer some monetization. And so it just kind of made sense. And so that was how I got into the whole YouTube space. Actually, YouTube improved my woodworking a lot because it kind of kept me on a regular schedule 
producing content and building things. And it made me way more efficient woodworker instead of kind of sitting around and looking at a project and slowly working on it and walking around, <laughs> I would actually build and try to reach a deadline and then figure out ways of correcting my errors and well, hiding my mistakes and fixing things. <laughs> so it really, it really was, it really helped out a lot. And for people who aren't making YouTube videos, one of the, my best pieces of, of advice that I could give you if you're wanting to make things and you're wanting to improve your skills is just sheer repetition. Just set some goals and start building things and try to reach those goals because I think just kind of keeping yourself focused like that really helps. It's 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 these are all skills that are best learned by just repetition. Now, now as far as that goes, do you have any sort of training as far as acting or you know actually because you seem to have very good on stage presence, obviously. And, and I think Pocket eighty three mentioned something like you had a formal education in this. No, I I don't. <laughs> That's funny you you mentioned that because people always ask me like, wow, how did you how did you get so comfortable in front of the camera and and I don't really know. I just I think it's just just the way I am, just my personality. But I'm typically not. I I think it's easier on video because. I can just do whatever I want and there's there's no audience there even though there's a very large audience once but it's not like you know you're standing <laughs> in front if I have to give a presentation in front of a larger audience I always have a little bit of anxiety with that and um, it's a lot different than shooting a video and just talking to a lens you've got close to a million subscribers let's say I don't know what percentage actually watches let's just say let's just say 20% maybe it's higher maybe it's lower I, I don't know but even two hundred thousand people—that's that's bigger than the largest state in, in the world, as far as as far as I know, at least. Oh, I know. It just it freaks me out to think about those kind of numbers like that. I think, oh my god, I just—it's uh, just weird to think of, about things like that. And it's strange to th see when when people stop me occasionally and say, "Hey, I, I know you. I've I've seen your show. I really like it." And <laughs> um, it's an odd thing because the world is kind of filled now with a lot of uh, I I call them micro celebrities. Everybody there's a lot of us are kind of celebrities in a very micro niche, you know, a very small area. So it's like you you might be well known in that little area, but nobody else would know who you are or anything. You know, it's not like a it's not like a Katy Perry or somebody like that where you don't even have to have ever heard her music to know that Katy Perry exists yeah. and who she is. And so that's like a like real celebrity kind and, of status. And we know her even though we're maybe not fans. But if we yeah, know exactly. somebody on YouTube, we know them because we are fans, most likely. You are interested in that, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's not that people know you on the streets that don't like you. <laughs> right. It's like, oh, God, there's that Steve guy ah, yeah. throwing rocks at me or something. No, it's always somebody. Who, yeah. That's an interesting question. Do, do you ever meet anybody on the street like, Steve, I, I really didn't don't like your woodwork. Yeah. <laughs> is there anybody? Did yeah, you ever see it, any real life trolls or anything? No, no. Is that, is that even a thing? I would that would, be, that would be really really awkward. That would be un unfortunate. I think if they exist, Pocket eighty three has them probably. Yeah, <laughs> probably. <laughs> so people like to watch his videos just to to gripe. <laughs> So you mentioned your courses, and they're online video courses. 
and and right. you're building one particular project, right? Yeah, and so what we it, one of the things about online courses is that they typically have like a very low completion rate. A lot of people sign up for courses and then they're like, eh, I'm really interested. And then in about a week later, you kind of don't finish the course. And so I knew right when I, before shooting any video or making any projects that I didn't want that to be the case. I wanted people to actually finish this course and complete it. And so what it is, is I teach people from the very, very beginning, assuming that you have never drilled a hole before. You've never even twisted a screw. <laughs> you know, you've never done anything woodworking. And that in the very first weekend, in two days, you will have built a project. And so the, what we do is we have the projects come out over the course of six weeks. So you have six weekends. Mm -hmm. You can build a different project each weekend. And of course, you don't have to stick to that schedule of six weeks. You could, you'll have the course forever. You could do it, you can do them whenever you like. But at least that is, to me, that makes a lot of sense that if somebody really wants to complete it, this is probably the best way to let them do that. So it's really, it's a course for beginners. But the interesting thing is that there's a lot of woodworkers who had been watching my channel for a long time who also signed up and found out that, oh, wow, all these, the projects themselves are actually really cool and that I can build this and I can add my own little, you know, flair to it and do whatever I want and make it even better. So you get all the, the video instruction and the plans and the everything that goes along with it. It's a nice package. I'm really proud of this course and I, th I think it's exciting. And so right now we're, just starting to work on the second course and Ooh. actually you i've got i can break shall, some shall we guess on, what it is yeah you why don't you guess what it's going to be a pool table ah no the, no this is going to be an entire course so it's going to be a, a new course no no those are just projects it's going to be on electronics you're, you're opening a new a new path <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, the market research just uh, told us that's the way to do it. Yeah, more electronics, more resin. Is it one technique? Is it like finishing or no? The next course is see the the course since the first course was the beginners course and it's a six week course with six different projects. The next course is going to be the more advanced level one, and we're calling it Step It Up. I, I feel like there should be some like music playing there because that's the first time I've announced hold that on, anywhere. Hold on, hold on. Say it again. What is the next thing? The next course is Step It Up. There you go. That's perfect. I got to use that for my marketing <laughs> materials. This, this is from our former guest. It's still up in this uh, bar, the, the toolbar. Uh, Look, Mom, no computer is his channel. And this is uh, played on a moak in Dublin in some nice. some museum. He played his life. That live. is cool. <laughs> he made it up out of thin air and electricity. That's cool. That's the kind of music I like to have on my show, too. It kind of... EDM electronic music. I think well, it sounds yeah, really cool. This guy is a true genius. Like he builds his own modular analog synthesizers and makes music from scratch and live. So that's amazing. Yeah, we had him on last week and he blew our minds. <laughs> so sorry, step it up. 
Is it one of those steppers that you use for fitness courses? <laughs> wow, you had those in Germany too? Is that? I so know we have them, and, and they're all made by Reebok. Yeah. <laughs> See, you're coming up with all these great ideas for projects for the course. <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be, uh, it's basically just a, an advanced level of the course, but I don't want to call it advanced because it, it's like, okay, the skills that you learn in a basic woodworking course are pretty much the same skills that you're going to use in an advanced course. The only difference is that the projects have like more pieces to them, really. I mean, that basic woodworking kind of covers what you need to know for all projects. And it's just a matter of refining those skills. So as I didn't really want to call it advanced. And so that's why we came up with the step it up. So it's, a, it's an opportunity to take your skills and step them up a notch try some new things and use some new tools we'll uh, definitely be using a router in this course in the first course there wasn't a router and so this one's going to be adding that which is pretty exciting because i think a router is kind of an important tool yeah definitely sure. gotta make those horizontal cuts right yeah. I mean, there's so many things you can do with a router. It's really amazing. It's just even for just simple roundovers. It's just like I take that so much for granted to round over the edges of a table so they're not sharp and poking me and, mm -hmm. you know, just whoop, oh, yeah. quick pass over the router and done. Yeah, I did that last it's night. But it always burns on mine because I can't adjust the speed. Uh, it's probably also, the it can be the type of wood has a lot to do with it. I mean, oh, yeah, I, it was... if I run maple through a, a router, it will always burn. Oh, yeah. Cherry. Yeah, that's cherry true. Tries, yeah, it, it was um, Baltic birch plywood. Hmm. Yeah, and sometimes plywood will do that on the edges too. Yeah, but, but I painted it black, so I don't care. <laughs> there you go. See, that's why I, paint is like the best finish, really. Yeah, I, mean, I, I paint everything <laughs> black. Like I don't like the color of wood oh that's that's probably offensive to, to steve yeah sorry but if it's mahogany or, or cherry or whatever then that is nice but you know plywood just raw plywood and if your workshop is plastered with just raw plywood it doesn't look very nice especially on i camera, totally I agree i i believe that painting is like it really is the best finish you can use it's the most durable finish that really you're going to apply to anything and if you're going to do some outdoor projects you know an outdoor patio table whatever you, if you paint it you're pretty much good to go and you don't have to worry about it too much. If you're going to, no matter what kind of finish you use on a project that's sitting out in the sun and the rain for all year, you're going to have to reapply that finish every year, really, no matter yeah. what you're trying to do. But paint, paint is the way to go. And, and sending outdoor furniture is a pain because of all the oh, yeah. crevices and oh, it's very difficult. inside corners. Yeah. So yeah, speaking of patio furniture, it's really nice and sunny outside, so I think I should go outside and get my dose of vitamin D, because I don't have any in the winter like you have, Steve. So <laughs> when people want to find you, where can they find you? Where can they join the course? Yeah, the best way to do that is to head over to theweekendwoodworker.com, and there you can find all the information on the first course, the and then we'll be having more information on the Step It Up course. And while you're there, you can also download my free guide to setting up a workshop for under a thousand bucks. And I thought that was kind of an important re resource uh, because it's one of the things that people think one reason people give why they can't get into woodworking is it's just too expensive. The tools are too expensive. So I compiled a list of tools that you can outfit 
a basic shop for under a thousand dollars. And these are all new tools. You could actually do it a lot cheaper if you wanted to get, you know, Craigslist or use tools and took the time to do that. But so you can download that while you're over there and check out the courses. Very nice. And Jeremy, where can they find anything that you're doing? So anything that I do, I pretty much put it under Jeremy S. Cook. Uh, so you can look me up on YouTube, your favorite search engine, Google, uh, Bing, DuckDuckGo, whatever, whatever you like. So just uh, <laughs> Jeremy S. Cook. Now, what, what about yourself, Max? Where, where can we find you? Find you find all my videos of my build projects on the MaxMaker YouTube channel and, of course, on Instagram, which is Max underscore Maker underscore YouTube. Thanks. Thanks so much for coming to uh, to chat with us today, Steve. It was really, really enjoyable. Thank you very much. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for inviting me. It was a lot of fun. All right. See you next week, guys. Bye.